Hello and welcome back to Drunken Book Club. I'm your magnificent chocolatey host, Christopher the Rupal, and let me introduce you to Sam. I've been I'm a ninety year old living with three other ninety year olds in the same bed. It Ew. smells horrible. How gay. Ew, polyamorous relationship. I'm fucking my son in law's mother. Yes. It's weird. Yes, but he watches and faps in the corner. That's, that's even weirder. <laughs> and happy National Chocolate Day! <laughs> what a way to start off that. Happy National Chocolate Day, everybody. On this episode of Drug and Book Club, we read the raw doll classic Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Sam... Do you have any personal history with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at all? Did you have any first... I mean, normally with these first, like, with, with, with how we start off with the book... Actually, we need to talk about our pregame first, but then... Let, let's get into our pregames before anything. Sam, what did you pregame on? I can't remember the name of it, but you made it and it was delicious. Um, I mean, I have the book open if you want to go check I'll go, it. I'll go check it. Or you can grab the book. I'll, I'll just go get because I know what it... It's... The page is open. It's at the bottom. Chocolate Chaos. Chocolate chaos. Sam had a chocolate chaos. And I bet she'd like to explain how it's made. Um, no, because you made it. <laughs> okay, yes. I also had a chocolate chaos. Mine was a little bit different, but not too much, and I'll explain how in a little bit. Uh, but I also pre-gamed on a little bit of cherry vanilla, um, Captain Morgan rum with my Diet Coke today, because I wanted to get a little, get a, get a little start off, you know? Because I wasn't sure how the chocolate chaos was going to work, and it actually is pretty, pretty hardcore and yeah, pretty delicious. Say, I'm glad I did not do that, because yeah. I usually like putting that in my Dr. Pepper, because it's good. Yeah. But, uh... This is pretty, this is a pretty heavy one. Yeah, I'm... This I'm, is heavy, Doc! I'm feeling it, Mr. Krabs. Yeah. So... Uh, grab yourself a blender. First, you need a blender. And inside that blender, put half a cup of ice, or four ice cubes, as I like to put it. Uh, you can probably put more or less, depending on how you feel. Less would probably be alright. Uh, more would probably be a little crazy. <laughs> then you take a shot of chocolate vodka, pour it right in. You take a third, uh, or uh, what's it called? Half ounce of ch uh, cream de cacao. And you pour that in. We just used chocolate liquor for that one because we goofed up. And because the cream de cacao they had at uh, Total Wine was, um, as far as we could tell, wasn't, uh, what, what's the term? Like ethically sourced? Ethically or sourced. Or something like that. As they put it on there, it didn't have that on there. But the one that I saw that had a really cool tiger on it, it did. And I was like, it has a cool tiger on it. I want this one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, cool tiger. Yep. So you but put that. It was not cream de cacao, though. No. Technically. Technically. Uh, and then I put two, then you put two ounces of chocolate syrup. I just eyeballed it. I just put as much as I thought would be good. And then you put a scoop of chocolate ice cream or whatever ice cream you may want with this. We put Oreo ice cream in ours. Because CVS did not have regular they, chocolate ice cream. They didn't. And I was like, you know, it'd be really good Oreo ice cream with this. And, and you were not wrong. I'm not wrong. I know, I know my, t I know my sweetness. Yes. And, um, you blend it until it's pretty much just pureed. Drink it up and have a good time. Yeah. With me, I put all the same ingredients, but I also added a little bit of cream peanut butter whiskey in mine, which added a little bit of uh, peanut butter taste to it and is delicious. Yeah, I was going to say, I had some of yours and it was good. Yep. I was about to say, both were delicious. Yeah. And I strongly recommend it for this book, honestly. I feel like this is a... Chocolate Chaos is a great name for a drink to go with this chaotic of a book. So um, I wish we kind of got the butterscotch liqueur, though. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, Sam, 
Normally, we do like our first impressions. I think we all know what the story for this one is. So how about we talk about our experiences with the author Roald Dahl instead? Okay. So what experiences have you had with the guy? So I remember, I think I read some of the like short story ones, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, it's been a, it's been like over twenty years, so <laughs> I can't really say off the top of my head. I know it was the one with like the the couple that's like just assholes to each other. The twits. Yeah, the twits. I love the twits. And like also like that whole collection, I think, because isn't it like a collection of no? Some the other twits ones? is a dumb. Oh, it's own book. book? Yep. Oh, I guess I just read the twits, and then I read another one. I can't remember. Yeah. I and I was gonna say I've seen a lot of the movies adapted yes. from it, but I can't say I've seen a lot. I've read a lot of Roald Dahl books. Uh, so my experience is with Roald Dahl is I've read a lot of Roald Dahl in my life. Um, the first book I ever read by him was Revolting Rhymes, and that one actually got adapted into a series, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was on Netflix. I never watched the series. It was like a mini-series. Yeah. It was good. Eh, I had no interest, really. Fair enough. Um, but I loved Revolting Rhymes. That was my one of my favorite books as a kid, because it was so horrific and great. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's kind of fucked up, but yeah. great. Uh, I read BFG, The Witches. Oh, I think I did read BFG. Um, Forgot about BFG. I've read The Pelican, The Giraffe, and Me, or whatever. I can't remember if that's what the title is. Uh, I could probably just look it up by opening this book here. <laughs> Take a look. It's, it's in, in a, a book. book. Uh, I've never read the Charlie books. I've never read, read either of them for what it's worth. I read Danny, the Champion of the World, The Enormous Crocodile, Essio Trot, George's Marvelous Medicine, The Giraffe and the Pelly and Me, like I said, yep. Yeah. Uh, I... Read James and the Giant Peach for class, but not as my own. So it was like kind of like we all read like it together. Like that was the BFG for me. Yeah. Um, bu- 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 Revolting Rhymes, The Twits, and The Vicar of Nibbleswick. I've, I've read a lot of his books yeah. because they're, they're some of my personal favorites, honestly. The childhood favorites. So I'm like trying to remember just in case there's one where I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> all right you're good sam uh so yeah i i personally have a very big fondness for raw doll i think his work is insp- i think it, it's definitely inspired my own mind of insanity because i'm crazy welcome to my twisted mind. <laughs> welcome to my twisted mind i put I, put I, single hair over lip every fucking tumblr thing in 2015 <laughs> all righty so let's go over the cover we have ourselves the 50th anniversary copy that is very unimpressive. We have Willy Wonka staring hornily at the reader, <laughs> while a tiny Charlie is like, yo, I got a golden ticket, bitch. Uh, and for the fun of it, I'm going to describe a better cover for this book. Most covers you'll find of this book have the art of Quentin Blake, kind of like this one. I do like his artwork. I do like his artwork as well. It's, it's very esoteric. Would, that, is, would you describe it as esoteric? I don't know, that's kind of an odd, because esoteric is usually like a weird reference kind of, like a... Yeah. I don't think it's unfitting, but I, it, I don't know, it's just kind of... Yeah. Okay. So I believe I'm going to talk about the first the first book cover that is on the Wikipedia page. If you go to wikipedia.org and type in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you'll see this cover. Or if you look up first edition, uh, this is the cover you have. We have the title of the book printed on a chocolate bar. We also have a freakishly giant child with the eyes of a monster staring into your soul as a tiny Tim Burton-esque Abraham Lincoln sits on the child's disembodied arm. <laughs> Sam's looking up the picture now. Yes. No, that's not the cover I wanted. It showed like a... Oh yeah, this one. Yeah, this that's the one. fucking weird. But the kid's like... It almost looks kind of like a Tom Jones-esque fucking like... The, the face of Charlie with how big the eyes are and that yeah. like... It's fucking weird. 
<laughs> Alrighty. So let's begin. Chapter 1 of 30. Here comes Charlie. We are introduced to the Bucket household. There's Charlie, his mom and dad, and four grandparents named Joe, Josephine, George, and Georgina. They live in a small wooden house on the edge of a great town. The family is very poor as only Charlie's dad works as mom takes care of the bedridden old folks. We learn that the family can only afford so much, but on Charlie's birthday every year, they give him a single bar of chocolate that he savors for as long as he can. And I mean as long as he fucking can. Like a fucking month, I think is what it says. Like he literally nibbles at it like a fucking mouse. Charlie loves chocolate. And what and what's very torturous for him is that his family lives near a magnificent chocolate factory. But this is no ordinary chocolate factory. It's the largest in the world and it's owned by Mr. Willy Wonka himself. Chapter so, 2. Something I want to say about the grandparents' names. Yes. It's weird that they just married, like, the feminine version of their... Or well, the Sam, I, you know, I, I would have dated a Christine, but you came over, okay? And you almost dated a Sam. It's okay. No, I didn't. Yeah. Sam, Sam's dated multiple Sams. No, I've not dated any Sams. <laughs> I've met many Sams, but one of them I was just friends with. The other one... Yeah, I was just all friends with him, actually. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, just, I was just all friends with him. I was almost rom- romantically with a, uh, Christine once. Oh? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I don't need to. Okay. You don't, I'm not on the hot seat here. What about yeah. you and your Sam capades? They're all just friends. Like, just literally. Friends. Sam F. Hashtag is... just friends. Am I right, fellas? One of them was just my next door neighbor that was like three years younger than me, and I was like, child. And you saw his wiener. Yeah, that was weird. His weird Mormon wiener. Well, to be fair, he was just—he just whipped it out and just started playing with it. Because <laughs> he was like, he was like four, I think, and, and I was like, ew, gross. And then either his mom or his older sister screamed at him to put it away. <laughs> weird Mormon wieners. <laughs> Chapter two, Mister Wonka's factory. Every evening after supper, Charlie would spend time with his grandparents as they tell him tales and talk with him. One evening, he inquires about Willy Wonka and his chocolate factory. Grandpa Joe, the oldest of the group at the age of fucking 96, tells Charlie about the magnificent creations of Mr. Willy Wonka. Then Grandma Josephine tells Joe to tell a story of the Indian prince, Prince Pondicherry. Chapter 3, Mr. Wonka and the Indian Prince. The prince asked Mr. Wonka to build him a palace made entirely of chocolate, and Wonka does so. Wonka tells him he should start eating it, but the prince plans on living in it. One hot day, the palace melts, and all that was left was a huge brown sticky lake of chocolate and a prince. Then Charlie is asked if he's ever seen workers go in or out of the factory, and Charlie has only ever seen the gates closed. Grandpa Joe tells him he will tell him the reason why in the next chapter on the next evening. Chapter 4. The Secret Workers he enslaved people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Grandpa Joe continued his story the next evening. He claims Mr. Wonka had to let go of all of his employees because there were spies among them and they were selling his candy ideas off to his competition. The scout's a spy. Spy. Need a Spencer here. Wonka closed his factory down, but after some months, the sound of industry burst through and Wonka's factory is back to life. No one knows why he had who he had hired to work there. All they see are mysterious small shadows cast along the foggy windows. 
Charlie wonders who he could have hired, when suddenly his father barges in with the evening news with the headline that reads, Wonka Factory to be opened at last to lucky few. Chapter 5. See, all I can think of is that meme of the mom, holy fuck, but it being Mr. Bucket, the Candace kicking down the door. Oh, yeah. Chapter 5. The Golden Tickets. Let us read what Mr. Wonka wrote to the newspaper on page 19. Okay, I, Willy Wonka, have decided to allow five children, just five, mind you, and no more, to visit my factory this year. These lucky five will be shown around personally by me, and they will be allowed to see all the secrets and magic of my factory. Then, at the end of the tour, as a special present, all of them will be given enough chocolates and candies to last them for the rest of their lives. So watch out for the, for the golden tickets. Five golden tickets have been printed on golden paper, and these five golden tickets have been hidden underneath the ordinary wrapping paper of five ordinary candy bars. These five candy bars may be anywhere, in any shop, in any street, in any town, in any country in the world, upon any counter where Wonka candies are sold. And the five- Except for any country that has a minority. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Damn, we're right. Shh. And the five lucky finders of these five golden tickets are the only ones who'll be allowed to visit my factory and see what it's like now inside. Good luck to all of you, and happy hunting, signed Willy Wonka. Or hear me out. The people who could have gotten them that were minorities were probably from America, but were disenfranchised and didn't have enough money to spend on chocolate. Or they couldn't afford the plane ride over to England. Or they get it. Because it, it's not cheap. No. Chapter 6. The First Two Finders. The first two... First to find a ticket was Augustus Gloop, and this is how the book describes him. A nine-year-old boy who was so enormously, enormously fat, he looked as though he had been blown up with a powerful pump. Great flabby, flabby folds of fat bulged out from every part of his body, and his face was like a monstrous ball of dough with two small greedy currenty eyes peering out upon the world. Lovely, Mr. Doll. Just lovely. Yeah. I mean, this I've seen fat children like this. Yeah, no, I have. The so mean, though. <laughs> the next one to find a bar is Veruca Salt, whose father had his female workers work all day and night to find the golden ticket. Eventually they do, and Veruca Salt can stop screaming and crying on the floor about it. Bitch. Chapter 7. Charlie's birthday. Ow, Charlie bit me. Because he's hungry, because he's starving. Because they're, like, eating cabbage soup and potatoes, I think, and that's it. Yeah. Like. It's Charlie's birthday, and his present is a single Wonka candy bar. Everyone is very supportive for Charlie telling him not to be too disappointed if he doesn't win, especially since he has a delicious candy bar to eat. Sadly, there is no golden ticket, and Charlie must head to school now. Chapter 8. So something that's really sweet that he does, though, yeah. is he tries to get... He, d he does try to offer it, but they all refuse. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's sweet of him that he's like, here. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's your birthday present. Yeah, I was about to say, he's, he's a good kid. Yeah, I just, I I just want to point lie. that out. I will how sweet he is does make me tear up every now and then. Yeah, I'm like, oh, baby. <laughs> ooh, 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 baby. No. Ooh, baby. Oh. Chapter 8. Two more golden tickets found. We learned of the next two winners... <laughs> Violet Beauregard, an avid gum chewer, and Mike TV, an avid TV enthusiast and toy gun collector. That, that's all I have to say about them. Yeah, that's it. That's it. This is, I love how quick these chapters are going, because that's how quick it was to read these chapters. Yeah, at first I was like, oh shit, there's 30 chapters, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a page and a half. Yeah, they're only like three pages tops. Like, I think the longest chapter is maybe eight pages. Maybe. Maybe. And that, that's if it includes a picture or not. Chapter 9. Grandpa Joe takes a gamble. 
The next day, Grandpa Joe gives Charlie his secret hoard of ten cents. He tells the boy to go buy the first Wonka candy bar he finds and bring it here. In five minutes, Charlie is back with the bar. They nervously open the candy bar and find nothing but a good chuckle out of how nervous they were. Chapter 10. The family begins to starve. Oh, jolly good time. Charlie's father has lost his job and the family are scrounging for food. Charlie is getting paler and thinner by the day. But one day after school, Charlie comes upon a dollar bill, and he sees that no one is trying to find it. He takes it. He knows exactly what he's going to do with it. It's time to splurge and get a candy bar. The rest of the money he will take home to his mother. Chapter 11. The Miracle! God helped him find this candy bar. It was God. It was God's plan. God's plan. God's plan. The Miracle. On ice. Charlie enters a shop and asks for a candy bar. The overly detailed fat man behind the counter sells him the candy bar, and Charlie scarfs it down. Charlie sees all the change left over and decides, why not have another? It is mine, after all. As he gets ready to devour the next candy bar, something bright stops him. It's the final golden tickets. Charlie runs home to show everyone the tickets. Sorry, I had to, because yeah. it's the first thing I think of. Chapter 12. What it said on the golden tickets. Charlie bursts in and shows off the golden ticket to his family. Grandpa Joe, out of pure excitement, jumps out of bed and dances like a madman, breaking his legs instantly. I, re- I remember a lot of people like that like joke about being pissed off at that part of like, he's like, oh, I'm too weak, I can't do anything. Yeah. And then in the movie, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna dance now. Yeah. Everyone's like, what the fuck, old man? <laughs> fuck I'm- you. It's not wrong in this one either. Yeah, I'm just like, everyone's like, what the fuck? Dad then reads what the ticket says. We're going to go ahead and read the condensed version of that's on our golden ticket in the front of the book, Sam. Greetings to you, the lucky finder of this golden ticket. From- you, you make this about like 10% gayer? I'm just kidding, Sam. <laughs> the lucky finder of this golden ticket from Mr. Willy Wonka. I shake you. I shake you warmly by the hand. Tremendous things are in store for you. Many wonderful surprises await you. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine such things that could happen to you. Just wait and see. The day I have chosen for the first visit is the first day in the month of February. You must come to the factory gates at 10 o'clock sharp. Don't be late. Willy Wonka. Sorry, I'm eating ice cream. Mm. Grandpa Joe offers to take Charlie to the chocolate factory to be his chaperone. Mom and Dad agree, and before anything else can happen, they are mobbed by news reporters who want to get the scoop on the final golden ticket winner. Chapter 13. The Big Day Arrives. It's the 1st of February, and there's a pandemonium in front of the chocolate factory. A huge crowd is outside to watch as the ticket winners get inside. All the kids but Charlie have both their parents with them. Soon a church bell strikes ten, and the gates open wide, and the figure of Willy Wonka appears. With his Willy out. With his Willy Wonka out. Hello. It has a top hat, too. Yes. Yes, it does. Chapter 14. Mr. Willy Wonka. Mr. Wonka is dressed like a flamboyant drag king ready to win the nostalgia night at the club. The kids are welcomed in by Mr. Wonka, and he starts the tour by leading them down a maze-like corridor that slopes down. Eventually, they make it to the entrance of the next chapter. Chapter 15. The Chocolate Room. 
They have arrived at the entrance of the chocolate room, and after fussing with his keys, Mr. Wonka lets everyone in. Inside is a green valley with a chocolate river and waterfall. Wonka explains that everything in the room is eatable. Yes, eatable, not edible. Like, that bu- bugged me. I don't know why. <clears throat> and tells everyone to try the grass. They got high. But before Mr. Wonka can go on, Veruca points out the tiny workers near the waterfall. The folks can't believe their eyes, and Wonka tells them, They're Oompa Loompas. Chapter 16, the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Wonka explains that he abducted the Oompa Loompas from Loompa Land, which is a harsh jungle that they lived in, and they are they, all they had to eat there were nasty green caterpillars. What I love is the... Is- is the, well, I'm a geography teacher, and I've never heard of, well, you should have. Just him being like, Mm -hmm. well, that's for you being a dumb bitch. Yep. White. White! Uh, The one thing they cherished most was the cocoa bean. That's all they ever craved. Mr. Wonka struck a deal with the leader of the Oompa Loompas, saying he'd pay them in cocoa beans and chocolate if they came and worked at his factory. So he smuggled them in crates and taught them English. That part fucked, like, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, how else are you going to bring him in? I don't know, but fucking smuggling them? <clears throat> Jesus Christ, he's a human trafficker. Yes. <laughs> After Veruca demands an Oompa Loompa slave of her own, Augustus, Augustus Gloop has decided it's time to drink straight from the Chocolate River. Chapter 17. Augustus Gloop goes up the pipe. Augustus is warned to stop drinking from the river, but he was deaf to everything except the call of his enormous guts. That's a quote from the book, and I really liked it. That is a good quote. Uh, he eventually goes too far and falls into the river. His parents shriek and shout for someone to help, but eventually he's sucked up by a glass tube that's headed to one of the fudge rooms. Mr. Wonka summons an Oompa Loompa to escort the gloops to the fudge room, where Augustus has been taken and to poke around the barrels with a long stick to find him. I also love, I think it's in both versions of the movies. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, the oh no, no, we can't have him in there. And they're like, because he's a boy? No, it'll taste awful. Yeah. No one wants to fucking eat that, eat Augustus-flavored fudge. Yep. When they leave, the Oompa Loompas start to sing about Augustus Gloop and his idiocy and how he's going to become loved by all because he'll be fudge. Mr. Wonka says they're just kidding and Charlie Sher hopes they are. I honestly kind of skimmed the Oompa Loompa songs. Oh, like no, I skipped them. I skipped them all. They're, the fucking last one's like three pages. You know what the funny thing is? I know at least one of them for the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. Mm-hmm. There's at least lines taken directly oh, into it. I think all of them take a, a couple lines from the songs. Yeah. Yeah, they take a couple of them. I actually had to verify that uh, a couple times. I can verify it. I did it. I verified it by, by watching clips on YouTube. Hey, that works. Chapter 18, Down the Chocolate River. A.K.A. what's going to happen when I drink too much alcohol. hey The next part of our tour requires them to travel by boat. So the group boards a pink Viking-like ship made of candy. They ride down the Chocolate River and through a dark tunnel. As they go through, Wonka eventually has the lights turned on and they pass many rooms. From the whip room, Sam's favorite room, to the bean room that has has beans. I do like the dig that he makes at Grandpa Joe, though. Yeah. He's like, you're a has-bean. Yeah. My favorites was the has-beens. Soon they reach a red door and Wonka demands they stop. In chapter 19, the invention room. Everlasting gobstoppers and hair toffee. They enter Mr. Wonka's private invention room. Inside are cauldrons and other things that he's testing out. He shows them everlasting gobstoppers, a hard candy that never loses its flavor and never shrinks in size. He then shows them hair toffee, toffee that would allow its eater to grow a full head of hair and a beard. Chapter 20, The Great Gum Machine. 
Mr. Wonka then shows them an amazing machine that does a bunch of shit, and then eventually pops out a single stick of gum, much to Violet Beauregard's boner. What was the thing? I'm trying to remember, because it was like, it was something that used kind of that joke of like, so much waste, and it like creates a single toothpick. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got of like... Uh, oh, gosh. Um... I th- I remember in The Simpsons, there's the bowling alley where, like, they literally do all that to build one, one pin. pin. Yeah, it kind of gives that vibe. Yeah. Like, similar energy. Chapter 21. Goodbye, Violet. Wonka explains that this is no Goodbye, ordinary gum. Violet. <laughs> there's no ordinary gum. It's gum that can replace a whole meal and taste like one, too. He's going to solve world hunger with gum. Yeah. This one is a three-course meal of tomato soup, roast beef, and blueberry pie. Violet demands that Wonka hand the gum over, and if he doesn't, he's gonna fuck you up. Uh, but he says not; it's not quite ready for human consumption. She ignores her his warnings and grabs his, grabs the stick and starts chewing away. She starts telling everyone how wonderful the meal tastes, but when she gets the dessert of blueberry pie, she starts to turn violet and swells up like a juicy berry. Wonka had warned her to stop, but she doesn't listen. Now she's a large, round fetish and, ne- and must be taken to the juice room to remove the excess juice. The Oompa Loompas sing another song regarding the rotten child and take her away. What, fetish? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is the, the, the origin of the fucking blow-up fetish. One of the origins. I feel like there's a couple. This, Space Jam. Any cartoon that has it kind of thing. Name one. I want to say Looney Tunes, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm not going to. Chapter 22, Along the Corridor. I'm sorry I don't have a whole list of blow-up fetishes. I need fetishes. all a list of blow-up fetish now. Spongy, to- get on it. <laughs> totally Spies. You know Totally... It has so many yeah, fetish I, shit. I was, I was going to doubt you for a second, and then I remembered all the fetish shit for It totally has spies. so much fetish shit. <sighs> what is up with that? That is weird. What's up with that? They also break the laws of physics at one point. Oh, I know Fairly Odd Parents, the moment where they blow up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, when everyone became uh, uh, completely the same. And then they get magic buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 22, Along the Corridor. They, ex- they exit the invention room and run down a long and twisting corridor with many doorways. Mr. Wonka rushes past many doorways, and the kids are interested in many of the rooms, but he only stops to explain what's inside, but doesn't go inside. Then he stops at a door that reads square candies that look round, and says he's so proud of these candies that he wants to show them off. (laughs) I know how much you hated this chapter. I hate chapter 23. Chapter 23 is the fucking worst chapter in the book, and I literally got pissed off at this one, because I knew the joke immediately, and it was so infuriatingly bad. It's funny, because, like, I... I you told me that after you read the book and before I read it. Yeah. And you were like, there's one chapter that's just a fucking vaudeville joke. It's a fucking vaudeville joke, and I fucking hate vaudeville jokes so goddamn much like this. <laughs> I hate this crap so much. I already saw it come, like, as soon as it was the, it looks square, but it's right. Ra- it, it's it, square candies that look round. Yeah. Chapter yeah. 23, square candies that look round. <laughs> this chapter is an excuse to have a vaudeville routine <laughs> world play. They continue forward too quickly, and most of the adults are winded, and they decide to stop in front of the next chapter. God, I fucking hate the square candies that look round. <laughs> chapter 24, Veruca in the Nut Room. The, ne- the group stops in front of the Nut Room. Mr. Wonka says not to go inside, so they don't disturb the squirrels. But they can look all they want. Mr. Wonka explains that he had squirrels deshell the walnuts, as they can tell when a nut is bad, and they can open a walnut and ensure that it's whole each time. 
Veruca Salt demands a trained squirrel, and when Mr. Wonka won't sell one to her parents, he rushes into the room and tries to snatch one. Me in sixth grade. <laughs> you and your squirrels. Yes. But before she can, all the squirrels pin her to the ground and test if she's a bad nut. Obviously, she is, and they toss her down the trash chute. The salts freak out and try to rescue their daughter, but end up going down the chute as well. Then the Oompa Loompas sing a song about how awful Veruca was. Chapter 25, The Great Glass Elevator. <laughs> Wonka takes the last two children and their chaperones into the Great Glass Gal- Elevator. What ca- uh, that can take them anywhere in the factory. Mr. Wonka says that the kids may each choose one room to visit. Charlie carefully inspects the elevator's buttons to decide on a room. But Mike TV wants to know if there's a television room. Ma- Wonka says there is, and Mike presses that button. The elevator takes them for an incredible ride, and they see many more crazy sights of the factory. One of my favorite things, though, in that mm. is he's like, oh yeah, there's an elevator that goes the opposite direction on the same track. We might crash and die. Yeah. I just love that he's a little shit the whole time, and even in the pictures, he just looks like he's like, yeah. He's just a troll. Yeah. He they arrive at their destination, and Wonka warns them not to touch anything, as this room is very dangerous. What you looking for, Sam? There's one specific. Well, I do love that one, too. They're, like, horrified and just... Yeah. And just... It's but, in the TV room, actually. Yeah, it is the TV They're room. They're like, where's my boy? And he's just like, oh, yeah, you'll see him. Yeah, you'll Don't see worry. him soon enough. Chapter 26, The Television Chocolate Room. The two families enter a bright white room and are given sunglasses so they don't go blind. Mr. Wonka explains that in this room, they can teleport a very large candy bar from one place to another via television. He then shows them how it's done. Six Oompa Loompas come carrying a giant candy bar, and then the bar is shot with a camera-like device, and then it appears on the television set across the room, and Charlie grabs it from the TV. Chapter 27. Mike TV is sent by television. Fucking terrible chapter name sometimes. Yep. It's like, let me just describe everything that happens. Honestly, as a kid, I'd be like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> it's my book report grades <laughs> itself. Mike asked if you could send a person through the tele- television this way, and Wonka is like, maybe. Without thinking, Mike rushes over and hits the switch on the camera and allows himself to get hit by the ray and sent by television. His parents freak the fuck out and say he's forbidden from watching TV ever again after this event. They then ask Mr. Wonka what they can do to help him. He offers them to let the, let, he offers to let them use his stretching room that tests the elasticity of gum. But he'll be very tall and thin, so he can then be fattened up with special candy. And Oompa Loompa leads the TVs to their destination, and the remaining Oompa Loompas sing a song about another shitty child. Second verse, same as the first. Chapter 28, Only Charlie Left. Only Charlie is left, and Mr. Wonka starts congratulating the boy. He rushes Charlie and Grandpa Joe into the glass elevator and pushes the up and out button, which shoots the elevator straight out of the chocolate factory, while up in the sky they spot the naughty children leaving the factory. They didn't get put in the pear wiggler. <laughs> they did not get put in the pear wiggler, Sam. So I'm going to put you if you're not careful. <laughs> Chapter 29, The Other Children Go Home. They watch as all the children have physically changed drastically. Augustus Gloop has lost a ton of weight because the pipe squeezed him thin. That's horrifying. Violet is still purple. Veruca and her parents are covered in trash, and Mike TV is ten feet tall and rail thin. I'm going to be honest, like, the salts got out of it the easiest. Yes. They're just covered in trash. Like, yeah, you can wash that off. They all leave with their trucks filled with candy. Aw, they still got rewarded at the end. How nice. It's, it didn't say you had to complete the tour. Yeah. It just said... 
Uh, I don't like this because uh, not every child should get a trophy. Thanks, Boomer. Uh, chapter 30, Charlie's Chocolate Factory. Wonka awards ownership of, ownership of his chocolate factory to Charlie. Once he's old enough, of course. Until then, he'll teach him everything he knows about the candy business and says that all of his family can come and live at the chocolate factory. So they crash down into the Bucket's family shack and tell everyone the good news and force them into the elevator to live happily ever after. The end. Hey! Sam, do you have any notes that you uh, may have had? So, another thing I, I, I thought was kind of funny but dark in the TV, in Mike TV specifically, mm-hmm. is he gets stretched thin and he's like, oh, fatten you up with my special, like his specific brand of vitamins. Yeah. And that he is obviously a fucked up guy because one of the things was like toes growing out to like finger length. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, it's good. Trust me. Yeah. Don't you want monkey feet? And then, I want monkey feet. I want to be like monkey fist. And another note I had is at one point, he, like, they're like, why is there fish and shit, like, fish and, like, food and everything, like, regular food? And he's like, I don't eat fucking chocolate all the time. I need other stuff to eat. Yeah, I was about to say, do I look fat to you? It's like, gotta keep this twink, pro- twink profile up somehow. All right. So, uh, my one note besides my next giant note that I'm going to go over in a second is I like how every adaptation makes the Oompa Loompas either orange or tiny brown men, but they're white-skinned in the book with shaggy hair that look kind of like little Celts. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. So, here is my list of all the candies described in the book. (sighs) Plain chocolate bar. 200 unique candy bars with different fillings. Chocolate ice cream that takes hours to melt. Marshmallows that taste of violets and caramels that change color every 10 seconds as they suck them. Little feathery sweets that melt away as they touch your lips. Chewing gum that never loses its flavor. Candy balloons that can be blown into enormous sizes. Blue bird eggs that eventually hatch into tiny pink sweet baby birds. Wibble scrumptious fudge mallow delight. Wonka's nutty crunch surprise. Swudge. Strawberry filled chocolate coated fudge. Gobstoppers hair toffee three course meal gum. Eatable marshmallow pillows. Lickable wallpapers for nurseries. Hot ice ice cream for cold days. Fizzing lifting drink. Candy candy. Square candies that look round. Butterscotch and butter gin. Drink idea as the Oompa Loompas were getting drunk on it. Rock candy, coconut ice, exploding candies, luminous lollies, mint jujubes that turn your teeth green for a month, candy filling caramels, stick jaw, wriggle sweets, invisible chocolate bars, magic hands fudge, candy coated pencils, rainbow drops, and super vitamin candy. Whew. That's a lot of candy. That's a lot of candy. Alrighty, Sam. So what's the next part of our adventure here? It's usually our review, isn't it? Or is it pairings? Pairings, pairings. What do you pair with this book? What would you pair with this book to make it go well? So, I was going to say, I know one you already told me, and I don't want to steal it from you, so if you want to go first. Okay, fine. I mean, I've got a, I've got a giant list, so I don't really care. I going to say, I don't have... That was the main thing I thought of when so I'm... go ahead, just do yours. So, the one thing I had was basically any parody of it. Yeah. Or the actual... Or the film adaptations. Okay. Because those are all... They're all good and fit and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, I really didn't think of much. Damn, Sam, I got a list. I got a giant ass list for this one. I'm sorry, I failed you. You failed. I'm gonna go kill myself now. Don't kill yourself. I'll whip you. Okay. I'll make whipping cream. (laughs) So let's get the obvious pairings out of the way. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. If you want one filled with whimsy and charm, go with the first one. If you want one that's pretty close to the book, go with the latter. I personally prefer Willy Wonka, but I do like Charlie as well. Yeah. 
I think they both have their charms to them, but the original one is one of my personal favorite movies. No, oh, yeah. And I, I cry like a bitch every single time. Also, Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka is fucking. It was the role he was meant to play. Yeah, I don't think you could have cast a better one ever. Alrighty, continuing forward, I have Craig of the Creek season four episode Craigy and the Slime Factory. This is the newest one on any list. Uh, This one takes a lot of inspiration from the '70s film, but that's probably why I like this episode so much. It keeps the heart and charm of it in such a small package. Yeah, Primus and the Chocolate Factory. It's a cover album of all the songs from the first movie, done in the weird and wacky Primus style. I showed you the chocolate bar, right? Yes, yes you did. Okay. I could go on with a ton of different parodies or tributes, but there is literally a TV Tropes page on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory parodies. Go look it up. Alright, three more pairings here. Or or a couple more pairings here. A weird pairing, but but that's what this is all about. You know, just just what what makes you think of this. Yeah. The Haunted Mansion ride in Disneyland. No, you're right. Okay. I was about to say, why this? Well, both the factory and the mansion go deep underground because they can't contain everything in their above-ground facility. So that's my connection. I I thought that was pretty cool. The band Veruca Salts, who got their name from one of the kids in the story. I was literally kept thinking about one of the songs that keeps coming up from Veruca Salt, and I was like, oh yeah, I like that, and I didn't think to put it in my... Is it Seether? Yep. I think it's Seether. Yeah, that's that's one of my personal No, Volcano Girls. I like Seether a bit more, but... It just keeps coming up on my Spotify. That's fair, that's fair. It's a good song, like, not my... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory coin pusher game that you can most likely play at your <laughs> local arcade. I forgot. I, I don't know why I didn't think of that, considering, like, how obsessed we got for a while. Oh, we we got all the cards on that one. Yeah, including the golden ticket. Yep. God, I wish we had kept them. One of these days, we'll get that golden ticket again. Yeah. One of these days. That one guy was so weird. Oh, that weird pervert. We, we talked about it in the past. We don't need to. It's on Patreon, probably. Yay! And you know what? Get yourself some Laffy Taffy, some Nerds, some Sweet Turds, or whatever formerly named Wonka candy that you like. Now it's just called the Ferrera Candy Company. So, uh, Sam, what's your favorite Wonka candy from the from when before they uh, became the Ferrera Candy Company or got bought out by that? I feel like Nerds is always my go-to. Yeah, I don't know nerds. why. So I'm just trying to think of, like, because you said Laffy Taffy. You got Laffy Taffy, you got Sweet Tarts, you got Runts, uh, you got, um, oh my god, why am I forgetting what they're called? Chewy Sprees. I love Chewy Sprees. I'm going to stick with Nerds. I feel right. like nerd. It's one of those, it's always on a Halloween box. It's not my first one, but it's always one that I will get to. Yeah. I was about to say, Chewy Sprees are my personal favorite, or Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy's uh, good. Yeah, I love a Laffy Taffy. Although I'm picky about flavor. Yeah, that's fair. Alrighty, ratings and reviews. Sam, take it away. So for this, it's one of those, I'm kind of sad I didn't read it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Because the prose is really good. It can be a little overly flowery of like redescript redundancies. Yeah. And yeah, there were definitely some chapters that could have been cut out. Like the square, the... <laughs> square candies that, that look, look round. round. That could have been edited out and nothing would have changed. But overall, I thought it was really good. It would definitely be something I'd recommend to... To a kid, or even an adult that saw the saw one of the movies. So yeah. I'd give it a probably solid 4 out of 5. Alright. This one was quite the ride. I've experienced many of Roald Dahl's works and greatly enjoy the whimsy he puts into every word he writes. I find it a hard one to rate fairly, though, as it greatly reminds me of the inferior adaptation Charlie and the Attractive Factory starring Johnny Depp and that kid who grew up to become a surgeon. Good for him. No, he's the one who's, I am a oh, surgeon. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I thought you meant like an actual surgeon and not like. I didn't realize oh, it was that Oh, joke went right over your head. 
I didn't realize he was that guy. I am Wonka. <laughs> I am Wonka. Are you trying to threaten me? Threaten? Are you trying to threaten me? Because this is not how this works, sir. I am Wonka. God, um, I thought you meant like actual because you know how some people like grew up to be dentists yeah, yeah, and shit. Yeah, no, like that's what I, I thought. You no, became I... a surgeon. Oh god damn it! God damn it, Chris! I hate you. You so became much. a very good surgeon, if you would. That's my last pairing. Good surgeon. <laughs> oh man, I'm surprised you didn't know that. I didn't. Uh, I just knew a lot of people that like that. A lot of autistic people that were like, "What the fuck? Yeah. Fuck this." All right, so he became a surgeon because they adapted. So they 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 adapted this one pretty good. So that's that's kind of one of the reasons why it kind of does kind of get in my way of uh, my score. Overall, I found it quite an enjoyable read that made me want to start reading Doll's work again. If I have any criticism, it's that once we make it to the actual factory, things just start shotgunning quickly, and Charlie takes the back seat of attention as we focus on the flamboyant Wonka, and the nasty children, and it makes me wish it focused more on our protagonists that we learned to love in those first 13 chapters. It's a pretty good book, and I would recommend it to any reader, young or old. I give this book four chewy sprees, my personal favorite Wonka candy, out of five. Nice. And there you go. I guess I'd say four boxes of nerds, because four nerds is like jack shit. <laughs> it's not even like a full mouthful. Yeah. So four four boxes of nerds, the little little fun packs. Yeah, yeah. So those are, that's like the right amount. Yeah, that's like the perfect amount. Like if you have the big box, you're just like sick of it after a while. Yeah, you're like. But what? they can be stored for a while, but then you end up dropping them and they get everywhere, and your mom gets. You angry. know what's really bomb? Hmm. When they had it, when you could get it into the uh, Sonic drinks. Oh yeah, that was that was oh, good. Oh, we should get ICs they... and do that. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if they do that anymore. I mean, you can put ice. You can just get an icy, which is just a better slush. Yeah, and then put nerds in it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yep, there we go. Uh, but yeah, that was our episode. And you're probably thinking to yourself, why did they decide to do Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Yes, I know it's World Chocolate Day, and yes, I am well aware there is a Wonka movie coming out this Christmas. But guess what? There's another Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Well, another Charlie book. Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator. Guess what, bitches? We're reading another Roald Dahl book this year. Woo! Maybe we should do one on his birthday. For, his for birthday? like another day. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. 1916. Want me to pull it up on yeah, Wikipedia? Yeah, pull it up. September 13th. Okay, September. He died hey. November 23rd, 1990. Huh, okay. He is... What? He looks like the BFG. Honestly, I was thinking just very stereotypical British guy. Yeah, there's his picture right there. Yeah. I think he looks like the BFG. Rob Dahl looks kind of like the BFG. Kind of, I can see it. Yeah. Alrighty, thank you for joining us this week on Drunken Book Club. If you enjoyed what you heard, hey, maybe you want to pitch in on our Patreon at patreon.com slash drunkenbookclub. For a dollar a month, you get a bonus episode every week. You get the podcast up early every Monday instead of Friday. You get our show notes. You get a... I actually make a personal playlist for every episode now that's based around the book itself. This week's episode is going to be based around animation domination episodes that have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory references. So Family Guy is already. Yep, there's a Family Guy episode, there's a Futurama episode, and so much more. Uh, Well, Here, here, I'll just give you two more hints. Simpsons and the Critic. (laughs) Uh, So stay tuned to see my playlist for this one, and... I also I also want to do something another thing that we're doing for this book this week as well for this book 
is I'm going to do a commentary, maybe with Sam if she's wanting to join me or not, on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We're just going to watch it, enjoy it, maybe drop some fun facts, just do our own commentary on the movie. Yeah. Because honestly, it's one of my personal favorites, and I kind of want to do a commentary at least once a month per per kind of things. Yeah. So... This this month, we're getting some pretty big stuff out there. And, I mean, for a dollar, you could be spending on something worse. Yeah. Like a snicker. It's not worth it, guys. Okay, it's worth it. Snickers are really good. Don't, Chris! Ah. I'm trying to hey. think of a candy that isn't worth it. A zero bar. Yeah, yeah, no. That, yeah, zero. It's it. overly sweet. Yeah. Way too sweet. Way, way Get too better sweet. chocolate. Yeah. It's because it's white fudge, and white fudge is super sweet. Well, because it's just ninety percent milk fat and sugar. Yeah, I will. I will argue white chocolate is the worst of chocolates. No one's gonna argue with you. Doesn't your mom like white chocolate? I mean, it's not her favorite. Oh, okay, then that's fine. She likes regular chocolate, but okay. she doesn't like bitter things. That's fair. As I was about to say, I'm the bitter one. Ooh, I mean, I used to. I'm Mr. Bittersmith, and I love the bitters. Ooh. At one point, I could go to like eighty-five percent dark chocolate. Oh wow. I eat a hundred percent dark chocolate and poop blood. <laughs> Bittersmith's my name. I like dark chocolate and coffee. Ooh. That is good. Very good. Uh, and you can follow Mr. Bittersmith at twitter.com at dbc underscore pod. <laughs> um, Sam, where can we follow you? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Berserker Rose. And hey, you might be wondering, hey, where's your buddies? Weiss and Brandon and Noelia. Well, Noelia you can't find anywhere, but Brandon you can find at Eldritch Maid on Twitter, M-A-I-D, to see how he's been working on his, how his game's been coming out. And for Weiss, you can find him at... Force Left Hander, drop the E in Hander. Yep, and you can follow him on uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I don't know if he has any plans for any more AMVs, but uh, we'll we'll see eventually. Yes. There we go. All right. Good episode. Sam, what song should we go off on? Ooh, the Laffy Taffy. Oh, the Laffy Taffy. I was going to say one of the Primus covers. Ooh, the Laffy Taffy. Oh, the Laffy Taffy. Okay. Don't you leave me. Bring that Laffy Taffy back here. (laughs) That's that's the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's supposed to be a good boy. <laughs> That's salacious crumb. <laughs> That's salacious crumb. Okay. Thank you very much. I want a ball.